Thank you for listening to Desert Spring United Methodist Sunday Sermon. We're glad you found us and that you chose to be part of our church. Online listeners, you are a significant part of our church community, and we're grateful you're with us. We hope you enjoy the sermon you're about to hear. If you would like to engage with our staff, we can be found on Facebook, Vimeo, and Instagram, or call us at 702-256-5933. Thank you for listening to this sermon Thank you for from listening Desert to this Spring United, United Methodist, Methodist Church. Spring United New sermons Methodist are posted New weekly. sermons are Follow posted us weekly. to get updates and Follow news from, from, your church. News from your church. Of Lent. And the Christian season of Lent is a time of preparation for Easter, a time of self-reflection and penitence as we kind of prepare our hearts and minds for the great Easter celebration. The season of Lent dates back 1900 years when church leaders recognized the importance of the days leading up to Easter for spiritual formation. By the fourth century, the season of Lent was a practice of the church. At first, the season was just a few days, but it didn't take too long for it to grow to a 40-day celebration. Why 40 days? Well, the number 40 is important in the Bible, but more specifically, remember Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days in the wilderness in preparation for his ministry. And so Christians join together and fast and pray for 40 days in preparation for the great Easter celebration. In the early church, Lent was also a time when new converts to the faith would be prepared for baptism. 40 days of instruction on Christian teaching and what it means to live a Christian life. And for those who made it through the 40 days, they would gather together on sunrise, at sunrise on Easter morning to be baptized. Then they joined the congregation for Easter worship and celebrate the Lord's Supper for the first time as a Christian. It also was a time in the early church when folks who had committed sins against the church and had been separated from the church would be reconciled as the church tried to give witness to the reconciling power of the of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in more recent years, Lent has become primarily around, around kind of our personal piety, a time of, of focusing on what's most important in life, of self-reflection, confessing when we need to confess. Lent begins on a Wednesday. We call it Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday, we begin with confession and remembering our mortality, how we don't have forever to get things right with our life. We had about 240 people gather for Ash Wednesday this past week. The Lenten season began. Lent runs for 40 days, and Sundays don't count as days in the Lenten season. So if you count the days between Ash Wednesday or from Ash Wednesday until Easter, there's 46 days. The 40 days of Lent plus six Sundays. Because Lent's a time of preparation for Easter, Sundays aren't counted because Sundays are days of resurrection. They're days when we celebrate the resurrection and what it means to our lives. And so Sundays are a time to celebrate. For those who are fasting during Lent, it's a day off. But for all of us, it's a time to gather in celebration. Welcome to the party. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but... In the Bible, there's a whole lot of party talk. 
and especially in the Gospels, Jesus seemed to love parties. He showed, at them, showed up at them often. He talked about them often. His first miracle was at a party, the wedding at Cana of Galilee, when he turned a couple of big jugs of water into wine, which must have made that quite the party. And then his last meal, his last meal before his death, he gathered together for the great Passover celebration, for that party with his closest people as they, as they celebrated the victory of God. In between, he attended lots of parties. He talked about parties, too. He's, he, he told us about how there's a, a great party celebration in heaven whenever somebody who is lost is found. He told us the, pro, the parable of the prodigal son, how when the son kind of turns back from his ways and heads for home, God is waiting and throws a big party in celebration. He tells us about uh, a wedding banquet to help us understand the kingdom of God and how all of us are invited to come. There's a whole lot of party talk in the Bible and in the Gospels. Today, Pastor Tim out of the Northwest Campus and I are starting a new series of sermons entitled, Welcome to the Party. We're going to be taking a look at some of these party stories in the New Testament and what they mean to our lives. We've also created a curriculum for our community groups called Welcome to the Party. Um, our community groups are a simple idea. If you want to gather together with some other Christians for a six-week uh, period of time, once a week for six weeks, each meeting is maybe an hour, hour and a half long. It's an opportunity to, to go through the curriculum and more importantly, to talk with other Christians about themes that come from the sermons, to dig in deeper and to kind of work on your own spiritual growth. Um, it's a great discipline for Lent, a way of preparing for Easter. Uh, we've got um, five groups starting in Summerlin, two out in the northwest part of town. If you want to get a, be a part of a group, there's a table out against the far wall on the right as you leave. You can see where the groups are. They meet at different times and different days throughout the week, so you can find one that works for you. We're also going to have one meeting on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Uh, Reverend Mike Collins is going to be the host for that one. That one's going to start next Sunday. All the other groups start sometime during the week. Uh, and so pick up a curriculum, sign up for a group. It's a great uh, Lenten discipline. For those of you who are online, um, you can sign up for a group online. You can also download the curriculum, print it out. If you want to use it just as your own devotional, pick one up or download it. So with that, let's pause and take a moment to listen uh, to the Word of God from the book of Acts. Welcome to the party. Our scripture this morning is from the 16th chapter of Acts, uh, verses 30 through 34. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So there are lots of reasons to have a party. 
birthdays and anniversaries, graduations, weddings. How about this for a reason? We made it through another week. How about that for a reason for a party? We made it through another week. Now, I don't know what your week was like, but mine went pretty well. I mean, I had some good moments during the week. I had some difficult moments too, but overall, I'd say it was a pretty good week. Busy, very busy. In fact, if I were going to try to think of one word that would capture what this last week was like, that's probably the word I would choose, busy. It was a busy week. How about you? Maybe your week was busy. Or maybe your week was stressful. Or maybe your week was wonderful. You know, these are the good old days. Maybe your week was filled with doctor's appointments. Or maybe it was filled with blessings. Or maybe this was one of those weeks where things were going along well and suddenly it felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath you and everything took a turn. I mean, we know that life can be difficult. We also know that life can be joyous and full of blessings. But regardless of whether this week was a wonderful week or a difficult week, if it was an up week or a down week, we are here. And this is true for every one of us. We made it through another week. And so, what do we do about that? Well, how about we celebrate? We celebrate that God has brought us to this day that we are given this day. I mean, we can look back upon our lives and, and while we may not have seen it at the time, Looking back at our, on our lives now, we can see the grace of God that had been at work throughout. And that grace has brought us now to this day. And so, here we are. We can celebrate. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Welcome to the party. Now, St. Paul in today's scripture and Silas, they were having a pretty good week. They had gone to Philippi for the purpose of starting a church. And right off the bat, Lydia converted. She became a Christian. And then she invited Paul and Silas to make her home their home base for their ministry. And so they were off to a great start. Each day they would leave Lydia's home and head down to the river where people would gather for this or for that or for other reasons. And they would preach the gospel to anybody who would listen and things were going well and then something happened and it was as, as if the rug got pulled out from underneath them. They're on their way to the river to preach when a woman, a, a slave girl, showed up and started shouting out, These men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved which of course was true. But that's only a part of the story because this woman who's a slave girl was also possessed with an evil spirit that gave her the ability of divination, which means she could tell the future. And people in that town would come to her all the time to find out their future. And her owners were making money hand over fist over her ability to tell folks the future. And so this woman, who was a slave, was also possessed and also being taken advantage of. And for 
days, she followed along behind Paul and Silas until finally Paul and Silas decided they needed to do something for her, maybe to help her. And so they turned and they spoke some words to her. They said a prayer and the evil spirit left her. And along with the spirit went that ability to tell the future and the ability for her to make a lot of money for her owners. She was healed. But when her owners found out, they weren't happy that she was healed. Instead, they were angry that they were going to lose so much money. In fact, they became so irate that they found Paul and Silas. They drug them down to town square. They stripped them and they beat them. And then they threw them in a dungeon and chained them to a wall. Talk about a bad day. I mean, I've had some bad days. But to be stripped in public and to be beaten and then to be thrown into a dark dungeon and chained to a wall. I mean, we can have worse days than that. We can. But on a scale of 1 to 10, that's a pretty bad day. And the day wasn't over yet. While they were in the dungeon, as day gave way to night, and the darkness settled in, and the cool began to settle in too. Paul and Silas chained to that wall, beaten and bruised and naked. Midnight, could barely see their hand in front of their face. It was so dark. When they began to sing. They began to sing praise to God. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Then sings my soul my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. They began to sing praise to Almighty God. Why? Why would they sing praise? I mean, in those times where I face hardships, I'm not so certain that singing praise to God is kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know about you. If I were in that situation like Paul and Silas were in, if you were in that situation... Would that be your first inclination to praise God? Why would they do that? The scripture doesn't tell us why. But with what I know about Paul, I'm confident in saying that at least part of the reason why they sang praise to God was hope. Hope. Hope that the worst things that happen in life are not the last things to happen in life. That God is still God and God still shows up. And that God's grace can be present and God's grace somehow in the midst of it all is going to be sufficient hope. I mean, Paul talks about this kind of hope often in his letters. In his, in his letter to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 5, a book that he wrote long after this experience in Philippi. Paul wrote that our trouble produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and our hope will not be put to shame. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, St. Paul compares us to earthen vessels where we are fragile but within us we carry something that is eternal something that cannot be shaken. So though there will be times in life when we face troubles, we will not be crushed. Though there may be times where we feel knocked down, 
We will not be abandoned, Paul says. Our bodies are like earthen vessels, a bit fragile, but we carry within us the promise of the cross of Jesus Christ, of victory, which means we cannot be defeated. We cannot be defeated. Our hope, it cannot be put to shame. And so, Paul and Silas sang praise to Almighty God. And as they sang, it was as if all of creation joined in their song. The very walls of the dungeon began to shake and soon their chains fell off of them. The prisoners who were there with them had to wonder what kind of hope this was as the walls were shaking and as their chains were falling off. But we need to pause for just a moment because there's something very important that happens in this moment and we don't want to miss it. Because we know that hardships do come to us in our lives. Troubles, they do come. But Christians always have reason to sing praise to God. But often when hardships come, what we end up doing is focusing on the hardship. We focus on the hardship and it becomes our preoccupation. And as it becomes our preoccupation, it's as if our bodies are getting bound by chains of fear and disappointment and disillusionment and the preoccupation of it all. But when we pause and we sing praise to God, we reorient our lives. Our focus moves away from the hardship to, to God. God who's capable of doing all things. As we sing praise to God, there comes a point in time when those chains that bind us begin to fall off, the fear, the disappointment, the disillusionment, the preoccupation that begins to fade away. Not that the hardships leave. Paul and Silas were still in the dungeon. But we know that our hope will not be put to shame. And so Paul and Silas sang praise to God. And the chains fell off and immediately they went and started talking to the other prisoners who had to be overwhelmed with the miracle of this whole thing. They started sharing the good news of the gospel with them. Meanwhile, the jailer who knew that if any prisoners escaped, he would be executed by the Romans, ran in to see what had happened. And when he saw the chains on the ground, he pulled out a sword and prepared to kill himself rather than be executed. Paul and Silas yelled to him and said, don't do it, we are all here. At which point Paul and Silas went to him and they preached the good news of the gospel to him. And just as the grace of God was present for Paul and Silas in that earthquake, the grace of God was present for this jailer in that moment. He heard the gospel, he believed, he became a Christian. He took Paul and Silas to his home. He tended to their wounds while Paul and Silas shared the good news of the gospel with the rest of his family. And they too believed. And that very night, all of them were baptized. And what followed after that was a party. They party. They had a great celebration. They rejoiced in all that God had done for them. And I wish Paul and Silas would have taken a moment during that party just to make a little list of the ways that they had experienced the grace of God just that day. You know, what might have been on that list? Being stripped and beaten? Bloody and bruised? 
chained to a wall of a dungeon? An earthquake? Saving a jailer's life? Preaching the gospel? Their wounds being tended? Baptism? What a great practice it is to pause for a moment and to think about how we experience the grace of God at work through the real stuff of our lives, the ups and downs, the real stuff of our lives, thinking about the ways that we experience the grace of God in each moment. Well, it opens us up to celebration. We want to sing, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. Years later, Paul was in prison again. And he wrote to the church in Philippi, this church that Paul and Silas had helped to begin. In your Bible, it's called Philippians. And he wrote to that church and let them know that he was not certain whether he was going to live or die. But he wanted them to know that if he lived, he lived to serve the Lord. And if he died, he died to be with the Lord. So whether he lived or died, he was the Lord's and that gave him reason to celebrate, to celebrate. So now here we are. The Lord has seen us through another week. Here we are. For some here, it could have been a very, very difficult week. But praise God, the grace of God has seen you through. For some, it may have been a wonderful week. Praise God for the blessings. For some, it may have felt like you were being knocked down, but you were not abandoned. Praise God. For all of us, we are like these earthen vessels. Yeah, we're a little fragile. But we carry within us the very promise of Almighty God that cannot be shaken. Our hope will never be put to shame. So welcome to the party. And thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Desert Spring United Methodist Church. New sermons are posted weekly. Follow us to get updates and news from your church.